Good morning to you all in Southport. It's wonderful to be able to share the Word of God with you all today on this bank holiday weekend. I hope you're all really well and I hope you're enjoying some lovely sunshine and fresh sea air in beautiful Southport. How lovely. So here we are finally ourselves all being gradually more released from restrictions and able to enjoy a bit more normality. Hooray for that. It's been a very challenging time for so many people. We've heard stories from our friends and our neighbours of family members who've been very sick or passed away during the pandemic and the distress caused by the social distancing. And we've been praying for you all as well as we've been aware of some of the challenges and sorrows for you in the church in Southport, particularly recently when your beloved friend Steve passed on to be with Jesus. However, in sad times, we find blessing because in his kingdom, there is great comfort and strength. And there is rejoicing too, because we know that death has lost its sting. Jesus has overcome every enemy. Amen. Although we've been restricted and isolated from our usual practices, gatherings and our fellowships, we have known the assurance and the security of being able to stand upon the rock, even when the waves have seemed to be huge or overwhelming. The rock of life, Jesus Christ, has been our security and encouragement and the one in whom we can have confident hope. Hallelujah. Can I hear an amen? <laughs> yes. So where are we right now in time? Well, today we're very aware that everybody's lives have been touched and changed, but God's plan and purpose remains the same. Hallelujah. The whole earth will be filled with the glory of the Lord. His kingdom is coming on earth as it is in heaven. Lots has changed, but God's plan and purpose hasn't changed at all. There may be a pandemic, but we live in the kingdom. And the Bible describes the kingdom in Romans chapter 14, verse 17, as righteousness, peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. But this kingdom life is not just for us to enjoy, because God's purpose is that all may enter his kingdom through the wonderful gateway that is Jesus Christ. And our mission, yours and mine from God, is to tell the whole world that the kingdom of heaven has come. So this time is actually a time of opportunity. There are huge shifts and changes going on all around us, on the high streets, in businesses, in education. Families have been changed, finances have changed, even employment has changed. The damage caused by the pandemic will have uh, long-lasting effects and social services and the NHS are maxed out with an overwhelming number of people of all ages with great needs. But this is a moment of great opportunity for us. The harvest is plentiful. This is a moment where people are rethinking things and reprioritizing their lives, making quality decisions and asking questions. 
So the church must become an ever brighter beacon of hope, a source of help and encouragement for people in our communities. It's our time to shine our light, folks. Do you know people are probably waiting to come to your gatherings? People are waiting to ask you about your faith and your church. People who have heard of you or even know you have questions and they're waiting to talk to you about it. It's a time ripe for revival. I had a, a culture guru, he's also an author and a pastor, Mark Sayers, described the pandemic as being a bit like half time in a football match. We've played the first half and then it's half time. But now it's time to play the second half. But because things have changed so much since the first half, the second half can't be played in the same way as the first half. I found that analogy quite thought provoking. And so if you don't mind, I'm going to just take a little liberty with an illustration to add to that, which is when I watch Leicester City Football Club play in the FA Cup final a few weekends ago. The first half was good and then they had half time. And after that, they came out for the second half with a different sense of momentum. They played more urgently, more energetically, determined, using all their skills and talents together as a team, totally focused on winning the match. It made me wonder what the team talk at halftime was like. Well, I was thinking about this and I remembered, you know, when Jesus uh, died on the cross and was buried and then rose again and then spent some time with his disciples before he uh, ascended into heaven. And uh, he gathered his dis disciples and he has like a team talk with them. He has this time with them before they're launched into the next phase. And what he does is he talks to them about the kingdom of God. And he also urges them that they need to wait for the baptism of the Holy Spirit before they go anywhere. In fact, he said, don't go until you've been baptised in the Holy Spirit. They were to be filled with power from heaven. And he'd already told them before he died that when the Holy Spirit came, he would teach them everything and remind them of everything that Jesus had ever told them. So for us, with the Holy Spirit leading us and empowering us, are we focused and ready to demonstrate the kingdom, to declare that the kingdom has come even more powerfully in the second half. The Holy Spirit is with us to help us praise God. The team talk is, let's declare the kingdom of heaven is near and let's go in the power of the Spirit. Well, we need a plan. We need to know what we're doing. I had a look at your website and part of the plan and the vision is there and it says about the Southport Church, a church that would use its money, time, effort, skills, talents and anything else it had 
to reach out to all people in our region, country and nations and beyond to see the kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. The plan is to see the kingdom come on earth. And what's that going to look like? How's that going to work? Well, your website has some snapshots, some opportunities to see how that's going to pan out and how that's going to happen. And I'm going to home in on snapshot nine, which says that you are to be a family of friends with vibrant small groups across the town and region. And then it says in snapshot 10 that you will be a second mile church, excelling in commitment, energy, money, dot, 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 everything. So through this family of friends, through you, through the small groups across the town and region, and with everything that he has given to you, everything you have, commitment, energy, money and everything, that's how it's going to happen. I think that's really exciting. I was excited when I looked at, at the snapshots and the, and the who we are on the website. The means to extending the kingdom is you and me. And the second mile church is a church that excels in every way. But particularly mentioned here is giving and all the things that you have to give to see the kingdom come on earth. I like the second mile church. It's a church that will go beyond what is necessary. It's not about just meeting a need or fulfilling a commitment or a duty. It's about going the extra mile, shifting a gear, moving into another measure, the extra, the final push, the extraordinary, the unexpected even. In, G in uh, Matthew chapter 5 and verse 41, Jesus explains that to go to the first mile is a requirement, a duty, but to willingly and sacrificially and supernaturally go the second mile, that is powerful kingdom living. How exciting is that? I've sometimes wondered why the word of God tells us to do something we're already doing, but to do it even more, to excel in it or, or more urgently. You know, in Hebrews 10, verse 24 to 25, it says, Let us not neglect our meeting together, as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. Especially now. This is something that's got to be encouraged, especially now. In Thessalonians 4 and verse 1, it says, You live this way already, and we encourage you to do so even more. Okay, Thessalonians, 1 Thessalonians 4 verse 10. Indeed, you already show your love for all the believers throughout Macedonia. Even so, dear brothers and sisters, we urge you to love them even more. Okay, we're doing the right things, but they have to be done even more. Is it because we haven't been doing it enough? Is it because we haven't been doing it quite right? No, it's been good to love one another. It's been good to attend meetings and encourage one another. It's been good, but because the times and the circumstances around us have changed, it's time to do some of these things even more, or especially now, because of the times we're in. I really believe that's important for us. 
especially now, even more. I think we find ourselves in a time like that right now. It's not about busyness. It's not about doing more and more and more and more and more things. It's about a more radical and heartfelt expression of love and community. It's the depth, not so much the uh, quantity or the quality rather than the quantity. There's always a, an increase in the work of God because God has multiplication and growth at the heart of his design for man, for the church, for the kingdom. It's a supernatural design. In everything that God's made, there's always the possibility of increase. And he tells us himself in the word that he will do immeasurably more than you can ever ask or imagine. This all is sounding very much like the second mile, the extra, the above and beyond. So my brothers and sisters in Southport, a community ready for the second mile, by the way, that's my title for this message today and my encouragement to you, a community ready for the second mile. Let's go the second mile in the power of the spirit with fervency, faith, and with anything else, as you say on your website, and we can see his kingdom come on earth and fill your region. Let's, as it were, run out onto the pitch, focused, fueled, ready to seize the opportunity and relying on each other and sharing the gospel. With the help and power of the Holy Spirit, we can do it together. You, me, Mike, Pam, Barbara, Bonnie, Jeff, Dave, Harry, Ali, Deb, Maureen, Alex, David, Sue, and everybody else. The whole team, teamwork, will win the day. So, we know what we want to happen. We know the way in which God wants to do it through us and using everything that he's given to us. Now there are three special areas that I really believe the Holy Spirit wants us to give special attention to. And I believe um, that there is to be a fresh unveiling of three things. One, the radical nature of the community of God. Number two, the gift of generosity. And number three, the gift of hospitality. A scripture that's been really impressed on me for the last few weeks is in Romans 12. And I'm going to read verse 6 to 8. In his grace, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. So if God has given you the ability to prophesy, speak out with as much faith as God has given you. If your gift is serving others, serve them well. If you're a teacher, teach well. If your gift is to encourage others, be encouraging. If it's giving, give generously. If God has given you leadership ability, take the responsibility seriously. And if you have a gift for showing kindness to others, do it gladly. Those gifts are in the context of a, of a chapter about a new transformed community, the body of Christ. Now God is super abundantly generous and we're all given gifts that are uniquely ours by God 
for doing things well. The gifts are given for a purpose for doing things well. The body of Christ, this family, is made up of a diversity of people. All the people I just mentioned by name are all different and I'm different too. We're all completely different and that's the way it's meant to be. But we're all dependent on one another. I'm dependent on you, you're dependent on me. Obviously, ultimately, we're dependent on Christ. But as the body, we need each other. We need one another. Every part needs to be properly connected and fully functioning for the body to be strong and healthy and ready and able to play the second half and go the second mile. These gifts that the Lord has given and gifted to us, they are an untapped, powerful resource. Uh, if you were listening as I read, I hope you, you sense the passion and the uh, momentum and the urging in, in those scriptures because it's not um, a list saying you must teach, you must give, you must lead, you must show kindness, not at all. It's much more than that. It's teach well, do it actively, uh, be encouraging, use it often. It's um, uh, gladly showing kindness or flourish in your cheerful display of compassion. Or when you're serving, serve well. In other words, thrive in serving. These uh, gifts are so uh, full of life. Um, they are abundant. They bring you into thriving. They bring you into flourishing. And then those on the receiving end also will thrive and flourish. These gifts are the way in which the body has no needs, but rather we all meet one another's needs in different ways and through different talents and gifts and skills that the Lord has given to us. It's a really, truly amazing, radically different community than any community we see in the world. Let's be the working, fully functioning version of this fantastic, full of life of the spirit, transformed body, the community of the believers, the body of Christ, his church. These gifts are not the only gifts that God gives. There are other gifts mentioned in the scripture, but there's also gifts that aren't mentioned in the scripture. But they are gifts <laughs> that God gives. There are talents, there are abilities, and they are super powerful. They have the ability to create, to revive, to restore, to save, and so much more. I believe there are some great encouragements for us uh, in these scriptures concerning these gifts. But the first thing I want to sort of major on now is the, is the issue of fellowship and community and meeting together. And I want to say we need to go the second mile in fellowship in these days and in these times. The body needs to know the vitality of being joined together. We need to know uh, and feel and sense and enjoy the vitality of being joined together have you felt a bit disconnected from each other during the lockdowns? Have you struggled with the digital gatherings and digital communications? Do you hate the word Zoom 
or not. <laughs> I don't know. If you're a techie, you, you would have been perhaps excited and, and uh, rejoicing at what's happened. And I have to say, we have been very blessed and helped by technology during this time. But it's time now to regather in homes and in gardens and in coffee shops and in larger gatherings and to relish being in the same room as each other. It's uh, a time to see ourselves face to face and to um, minister to one another, to bless one another, to uh, enjoy um, being reunited in that way. Um, I, I joined up with some ladies the other night for the first time, for a very, very, very long time in a lounge with cake and coffee and we prayed and we talked about the word and we laughed and we caught up and it was so good because I felt so joined and reunited in the body. How wonderful. You will be made well when you, when you are together. It's the healthiest place to be in the body together, receiving from other, others divine life through all kinds of gifts. I can't wait to see you so that we can be mutually sharpened and encouraged is what Paul says to the Romans in chapter one when he's not able to get there. I can't wait to see you. And we've been like that through the pandemic. We can't wait to see you. But now we can start doing that. And a life of contributing to others will strengthen and encourage others and eliminate needs. And we can do that so effectively when we're in the same space. The gifts mentioned are all full of power to join us together, to encourage us, to meet our needs. So now is the time to dust off your gifts, the ways in which you know God uses you to bless others. Dust it all off, it's got a bit dusty. Get your gifts well oiled, in other words, ready for use. Let's not keep gifts tucked away uh, in a glass cabinet as a, as a memorial to how God used to work through me. Let those grace gifts be free to deposit blessing from God to one another and to cause us to really demonstrate a radical community of God's people more than ever before. In these times, let's be those who find a dimension of living life as the body of Christ together in a fresh, radical, sacrificial measure. This is a community going the second mile for one another. Do you know how people will know we're Christians? How they will see the kingdom in action? It'll be by watching us and seeing how we love and serve one another and then extend that same second mile love to strangers and neighbours. In John 13 verse 35 it says, your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. So what about the second thing? Well, let's go the second mile in generous giving. Southport Church is an exceptionally generous church, let me tell you. I'm not just talking about money, I'm talking about generous with friendship, with acceptance, with serving, with love, uh, with encouragement. Southport is such a generous church, you are such generous people. And it is a specifically a gift upon the church, I think, that is going to open doors and increase the impact for the kingdom phenomenally. 
In Proverbs 18 verse 16, it says, giving a gift can open doors. It gives access to important people. And as a church, and also as individual believers, I believe we've got much more to discover about generosity. The, um, the word for generosity in the Strong's Dictionary is haplotes or haplotes, I'm not quite sure how you say it. But basically, generosity is not self-seeking. It is sincere, open-hearted, willing to share. It is simple and purposeful. Purposeful, simple, specific giving. The kind of giving that disturbs people in a good way. It's unexpected. This is the second mile of giving. It's a supernatural dimension. Going the second mile is the difference between having a good idea and actually doing the good idea. And as an already very generous church, I believe there's a grace upon you to express haplotes, giving to your community and beyond even more purposefully and carefully than thus far. Do you know what? You've been amazing in demonstrating all of that and exemplary, but I just believe there's an anointing on you to see gifting that's to see generosity and giving um, break open new things for you. These times require us to see the needs and respond generously in a radical new measure. We know how to give, but now we can give uh, prompted by the Spirit and be unexpectedly generous. We can fill our community and you can fill your community with expressions of extravagant, purposeful giving. What do you do? Do you bake? Do you garden? Do you encourage? Do you listen? Do you make sure that uh, everybody's got, their, got what they need? Are you, are, you, are you somebody who flourishes in acts of kindness and being generous to people? I had a wonderful story about a friend of mine who cooked up rhubarb and made a rhubarb crumble and uh, took it across the road to an elderly gentleman who is her new neighbour. She's only just moved into her house. And it broke open a doorway for a relationship to begin to flourish and grow. And that elderly gentleman basically feels like he's got a second home now. Spends a lot of time at uh, my friend's house and she is now meeting other neighbours through other acts of kindness and seeing the spirit use her in her generosity to see wonderful things happen. Maybe you could fill up your freezer with things so that you, you can be really generous. How about reserving cash to one side and giving to a little fund so that you can be somebody who maybe has an amount every week where you can just pay for something to somebody. Um, have, a, have a generous disposition, preparing yourself to be generous. God is only interested in people and people don't care how much you know until they know that you care. So let's be second mile Christians and do the unexpected and seemingly extra special for others and go the second mile. And then finally, the third thing to note is let's go the second mile in hospitality. You know, it says in verse 13, I'm slipping this in, I'll just read verse 13 of the same chapter. When God's people are in need, be ready to help them 
Always be eager to practice hospitality. Be ready to help. Always be eager. Be ready to help. Always be eager. It's just a little sentence, but it's packed with potential for the growth of the kingdom and the church. Um, much of what we read with the, the other gifts in this chapter would have been ministered in people's homes. As you or I are eagerly welcomed as guests into one another's homes, we enter into a feast of all that God has got for us together. We, lo we love having people to stay or over for dinner. It's an opportunity to meet needs, bless, encourage, pray, break bread, laugh, dream together, plan together. A Christian home is a very special place. There's unconditional love, there's peace, there's comfort, there's encouragement, needs are met, food and conversation, there's prayer, there's miracles. It's such an important place. Let's go the extra mile in hospitality. Let's prepare for the unexpected guests. Let's invite eagerly, please come to our house. Please, can you come to our house? Or, 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 or let people know, we really want people to come to our house. Please let us know if, if we can offer hospitality. Um, welcome people to, into your homes. Minister your gifts. Expect others to minister their gifts in your home and be ready for the second half of the match. A community of God's people, a family believers, as a means to extending the kingdom. Snapshot number nine. If you have a home, a table and some food, you can go the second mile. Simple things used by the Spirit to do extraordinary things. Going the second mile in the king is a kingdom principle. Whether you are a brother, a sister, a stranger or an enemy, I will go the extra mile to bless you. We will go the extra mile to bless each other. It's about sacrificial living, generosity. It's a grace and it's life in the spirit. We live in the kingdom and our hearts are filled with love for each other. And our delight is to go the extra mile for one another but so also for those who are strangers or even enemies in this world. So when we say we will be the second mile church, let the kingdom be seen as you serve and bless and minister to each other, but also be the second mile church for the lost and the strangers. Southport Community Church, this is a great moment to disturb the loneliness, the pain, the grief and the anxiety that's in the lives of so many. With superabundant generosity, heart-moving hospitality, as a beautiful community, a family spread across the whole region, being an open gateway into the kingdom of God. Let's go the second mile together in the power of the Spirit. Use your gifts passionately, and radically. Be even more generous. Be eager to show hospitality. Let the Holy Spirit take us into a new, radical, powerful dimension of being God's second mile community. I trust that's encouraged and blessed you. Blessed you. 
I will be praying for you. So may God bless you and prosper you in every way.